This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey folks, this is Car Town Kia Florence. Do you make at least $300 a week? If you said yes, we can get you into a new vehicle. Whether you want to drive home in a new Telluride or new Sportage, our goal is 100% credit approval no matter your history. We have over 20 lenders that want to approve you. Get pre-approved online in minutes with no effect to your credit score. If you make at least $300 a week, drive home in a new Kia today. Visit CarTownKiaFlorence.com to learn more. Restrictions apply to dealer for details. The Wednesday Axon Bulletin. The Bulletin that survived many a vote of no confidence during this time. As usual on a Wednesday now, we're joined by James and Brian. Lads, what's happening? How are you, mate? You good? It's good to see you back. It's, it's a big comeback. It's, uh, I know, I know. I mean, you'll go come back to the injury towards the end of the season. You just got a, a renewed confidence in the team. So, so it's good to have you, fella. 
I mean, there is a question: who's been seen more often in the last fortnight, me or Charlie Mosonda? And I think it's, I think it's very difficult to actually give a straight answer. I've got I've got a hang about Charlie Mosonda, James. I reckon he's going to end up on Love Island. I think that's where he is. I, I think, uh, <laughs> for folk at the weekend, Charlie Mosonder seemingly disappeared. Uh, he left Chelsea a month ago, got a contract with uh, a Belgian side, was it? Yeah. Uh, it was a Belgian, Belgian side. Uh, and he hasn't been seen since. Uh, when I was reading the story, James, I found it quite amazing that Charlie Mosonder's 25. I, well, he was only about 19 when he came to us, was he not? He, was, he broke through really young. I say broke through. Aye, it's another, it's another case, Brian, of these sort of wonder kids that end up getting swallowed up with these elite football clubs, eh? Never to be seen again, eh? That is indeed. Also, we're drawing as long for us, and um, ventures. Hopefully, hopefully, we can. Moko goes on to have a decent career, and he doesn't fade into obscurity. Yeah, or it's always that. And, and the thing about it is, when your club signs a wonder kid as reason to celebrate, that basically guarantees you success. Obviously, um, but the reality is, when you send a wonder kid, they're just a kid, and they need to be treated properly. Um, we'll we'll always have the Charlie Masonder cross in that European game yeah. where we thought we had an absolute player on our hands, but that didn't turn out to be the case, did it? Um, but our first pre-season game today, lads, against SC Wiener Victoria, who I'm sure played King Tots in 1991. I'm not 100% sure. I'll need to actually check that with J.P. Mason. What else will we do today? I've got a couple of big questions for you. We'll have the viewers' questions. But first things first, everybody that's watching, there's quite a few of these all watching just now, please like and subscribe. Hit the wee like button. It helps the channel out. After Paul deleted nearly our back catalogue by mistake uh, to try and get ourselves back onto, onto the feeds. On the feeds. So, right, let's, let's get let's get gone. Pre-season, um, first game of the night. It's like last season, though, is like a, but a distant memory. Eh? But let, let, let's have a wee look at it. At this point last year, Ange Postacoglu wasn't the man that we wanted, but he turned out to be the man that we needed. So what does Ange Postacoglu need to do to continue to be the man that we need, Brian? Well, I think in the, uh, the long term, what we want to do is have some European success. That's that's the sort of, I think, the aim now. I think, I expect him to dominate domestically next season. Now, for people who think I'm being cocky, last season, I I, I, I thought the league would have been beyond us and exceeded my expectations. This year, I expect us to, to win the league. So I think domestically, he wants to continue doing that, but the only way we're going to progress is if we perform better in Europe. Now, actually, other than the Bodo Glimp games, our European campaign wasn't actually that bad. Nine points in the group stage. Uh, Europe League wasn't actually a, a, a bad return, considering the rebuild job he had. So I fully expect him to do good things, and I think that's the marker for me. If he can leave his mark, and I'm not suggesting he's going to win the Champions League or anything like that, but if he can approach European games and say that he can win a facing, say, Real Madrid, say, with that swagger and that fearlessness that we've demonstrated domestically, that's the mark of success. Um, and I think Paul Scott is the man to take us forward with that. 
David Ferguson agrees with you there, Brian. He says, I completely agree, Brian. The league will take care of itself. James, what does Ange Postacoglu need to do to be the man that we continue to need? No, I think everybody's got different expectations. For me to be satisfied with this season, I'd say winning the league, it's got to be done. We've got to build upon what was a very strong last season. I think win a cup as well, if not both, as a Celtic fan, you always know. The, both the Cups is always a priority. As Brian touched on with Europe, I want to see some real progress. I want us to give a good account of ourselves. But if we're being realistic, there's been too many embarrassments in Europe. So it would be, I'd look like a bit of a fool if I was to come out and say we're going to get out of that Champions League group. I think finishing third and then maybe a decent run in the Europa League would be realistic. But just avoiding finishing fourth in that Champions League group is a good priority for me. It is. I mean, we are. Our focus is on Europe now, and and like we won the league last season. And maybe me and Brian will probably say it was it was a surprising that we did win the league where we were at this point last year, Brian. Eh? And there's a lot of for me. There's a lot of optimism eh, regarding Celtic at this precise moment in time, and I'm really not fully on board with the full optimism yet. Mainly because, I mean, the early signings are great. I think we've we've, looked, we've addressed the left-back situation, but in my point of view, Greg Taylor's still the first-choice left-back until we see how the Argentinian lad actually settles in. I mean, it's not an established left-back that we've bought. It's a guy who's going to take time to settle in. And I think we're pinning our hopes and our optimistic outlook on natural squad squad progression more than more than the signings that we've actually brought in, and I didn't like I didn't like saying this. I didn't like going and doing a probably a, a mainstream media view, but the wee argument that we've spent eighteen million pound to stand still, this kind of stand up for for scrutiny compared to last season. For me, I still reckon we need a left sided centre half. I still think we need a defensive midfielder. And I still think that's we need a right hand sided forward as well. I still think there's massive scope for improvement on a European stage. But everything, all the hope that we're feeling at the moment is down to one man, is, is down to Ange Postacoglu. And it's down to what people have said that his setting season's always better and uh, uh, it's his setting season's always better than his first season. And what we're actually sitting here hoping for just now is like an Anthony Ralston explosion, increasing in, increasing talent, increasing ability and within the squad that we've got at the moment, rather than us bringing in more and more players by the, by the looks of things. And at the moment, I'm going, well, I can't say. I, I fear going into the Champions League with a squad. I really do. Because even though we've done well in the Europa League last season, the Champions League has got a completely different, completely different kettle of fish. And I'm just hoping that Postacoglu manages to actually build the squad more and more rather than the signings that we're, the signings that we're actually making, Brian. What, what, what do you think of that? Are we, are we maybe, is our optimism false? And I'm 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 as optimistic as the other guys, but I just didn't believe the work that we've done in the transfer market gives us that massive cause for optimism that seems to be there. So I disagree. I, I'm incredibly Good. optimistic. Good. Um, <laughs> I think that this is the most optimistic I've been getting a transfer window for a long, long time. So the reasons are 
So I get, I get the, 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 the point you're making. I think you made it very well because I can understand people get a bit hyperbolic, a bit excited based on the signings, but I think of it as the overall picture. So you look at, based on the empirical evidence we already have, Postal Hole is, as you said, second season is always better, right? So you look at how we finished last season very strongly. Then you get all these guys in a pre-season. You get them all fit all at the one time and you've got that improvement squad and the imagined um, results will be better. I think that alone reason to be optimistic. I think guys like Harry Q coming in, the changes behind the scenes, the fact we've got transfer business done pretty early and pretty well. Um, I think these are all reasons to be optimistic. I also think that I don't buy the argument that we've spent that amount of money to stay still because realistically, if we hadn't signed Jota and Carter Vickers permanently, that'd been a huge step backwards. So actually, I think signing them on long-term deals, I think it's a statement of intent. I think it makes their players feel better. And again, they'll still get a full pre-season, so they'll be even better than they were before. Um, I think the left-back by... You know, there's far more intelligent people than me um, who've done this sort of scout analysis. And apparently, the boy's very, very highly rated and is almost tailor-made for post the system. And I just think that, I agree with you, I do think we need the the sort of wingers, the right-sided winger, or right-sided forward, rather, a defensive midfielder, and a left-sided centre-back. I totally agree. But if you'd have told me we get to the 6th of July and only need three signings, when the transfer window doesn't shut to what September, I would I would be very comfortable with that at this stage. Um, so so I'm, I'm the opposite side of the fence. I get the, the sort of the cautiousness because, like the romantics, we are careful. We've been hurt before. We've been hurt in the past. Aye, I think we love, but I, I even someone who's can be quite pragmatic at times like me in terms of how I view things. I, I do have a real I, I've got a real sense, a real feeling of something special growing at Celtic. And it might not be this year, it might be next, but I can see the progression, I can sort of feel the progression, I think it's tangible, so so that's my take on it. James, uh, maybe I have got a pessimistic out- outlook, I mean, uh, numpty, numpty de- days at 67 comes in, Kevin, were you born a pessimist? I wasn't <laughs> actually, I, 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 was I, was I, I don't think I was christened a pessimist, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I'm just having a look at it from a, a, a numbers point of view, a facts point of view, that we've still basically got the same squad as last season with an untested left back coming in and a backup goalie where I've got an argument with it. We didn't, I said it previously, I didn't think we needed a backup goalie. And I'm a bit like Brian. I love the fact that we're pinning our hopes on Poster Coglu having a fantastic setting season and the current squad the current squad actually getting better. What I'm just actually saying to myself is, well, I haven't got any basis that this squad can actually step up a level to the Champions League at this precise moment in time. And I understand why people are so excited. I just haven't got on that bus yet. Yeah, well, you could make the argument that the Celtic squad last season was at the peak of its powers about January, February. At that moment, we played Bodo Glimt in the Europa Conference League when many were saying, we could make a real good run in this competition and we go absolutely bad about the park off them. So it's things like that that have me reluctant to be as optimistic as many others about the Champions League. I don't know if it's because the last few months has just been high after high after high for Celtic. We've had the early signings and we've won the league. So everybody's feeling really good. But I'm just really reluctant to be optimistic about the Champions League. You obviously hope we're going to do well. 
but I'm I'm keeping reluctant right now. As far as the next season goes, you've just got to push on for where we left off. There's a couple more positions we could improve. I'm totally in the same boat as you, Kevin. I think a uh, left-sided centre-back, defensive midfielder and a right winger uh, should be some of the top priority signs. It, it is, and I don't think our business is done, and this is why I'm actually having the caveat, and I'm going to do the air quotes for those who are listening on the audio audio podcast later on. This is why I've got the caveat: our business so far, and it is so far, and it's really in, early into the season. And tonight we've got a game where we might see some of like, we might see somebody like the the Argentinian left back get get a game in that. And it just for me, I haven't, I haven't quite caught that wave of optimism as what everybody seems to have. It was great. I mean, I think back to the, the final game last season, it was utterly brilliant to see Jota coming back, to see to see Cameron Carter-Vickers coming back is absolutely fantastic. But I want to see the club always pushing on and like I haven't, I haven't really grasped that in the transfer market yet. And I know that we're not going to spend fifty, sixty million pounds, which we probably need to spend to compete in a in a, in a, in a Champions League, Brian. Eh? But I want I, if we're being truthful with each other, right? And we can be truthful in this wee box that we're in. And uh, the Champions League's been quite embarrassing for us, ain't it? When you actually have a look at even under Rogers and that, and I just didn't want to go in and be embarrassed again. And it's a competition that we've got no chance of winning. So, and, and I'm no interested. And I'm no interested in the financial rewards. I'm more interested in the rewards that we're going to get playing football, winning games of football. Eh? And I still, I just have a look at that squad, and I didn't feel the Champions League's a place for us at this precise moment in time as we sit here at the start of a new season. So I, I, I think um, you recall this, Kev. I said before that we need to get to a point where the way we play domestically, we play in the Champions League and we get some more results. And I say that to get there, we're going to take several black eyes. And I think we still will. I think it's going to be a while before we're at that stage. However, I don't see any point in not trying it. So, when we mentioned um, Rogers, some of the tankings he took in Europe, I can at least see what they were trying to do. I could see they were trying to push to get better. Because I don't see the point of Getting to play against, I don't know, Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, and we sit back, put 10 men behind the ball, and hope to sneak a counter attack and get a quick 1 0 win at Parkhead. I don't think that's going to benefit anybody. And the reason is, we've been doing that for a long time, and it's no benefited us. So it makes sense for me to try something different. And I think there's no way in earth Posta Coglu is going to go in at any of those games and not try and not demand these teams, his players play fearless, brave attacking football and I we're going to we'll get a few slaps along the way but we're going to go down swinging and eventually over the course of maybe not this season, maybe next season we'll get to the point where those slaps become less and less and we're the ones doing the slapping Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. 
This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And that's where we need to be. And if we get to that stage, domestic football takes care of itself and said it can get an A. Those sort of, you know, you know, expecting to have a B like a Real Madrid, who's winning Champions League after Champions League, but a club like a, a lot of what would be like a fan base, but like an Ajax, who work on a reasonably, relatively small budget. But they get to these competitions, they play well, they're always a threat. That's where I want us to get back to, at least. And I think the only way to do that is to be brave and go in there and, and you know, go head-to-head and be strong. And regardless of who you're facing, think, well, we're Glasgow Celtic, let's go for it. Will we get a few slaps? As I say, definitely. I think there will be times where we get turned over. But as long as there's progression, as long as even in defeat, you see a bit there, because I would rather like the, the Real Betis game for last season where we get beat 4-3. I would rather that in the Champions League than sit behind the ball for 90 minutes and then somebody scores a last-minute winner for the other team because we sat in our game. That It's just not how I see it's progressing. So um, I, I just think... Oh, I, 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 again, but I just I want us to, to get there and I think to get there, we're, it's going to hurt. It's, it's not something we can turn overnight and... And even if we had all that money, even, I think you said, 60 million or so there, even if we had that, there's no guarantee that gets you success anyway. James, you mentioned Bodo Glump earlier. You do Bodo Glump, you're delighted, right? They battered us because they were the better team. They're five years into where they've been. I don't have any recollection of any of their European successes previous to that five years. No. I don't want us to take five years to get there. But the point being that the, the, the draw you get, the clubs you get against, everyone's in a transition period. All that matters is what we do, and I think we just need to enjoy the games, but be aware that even if we take a, a, a doing, even if we get beat, as long as there's progress and we're getting closer to that point, I'll take that for this season at least. James, Brian mentioned Bodo Glint there, and what you have to look at is he say their success sort of came from nowhere, and if out Google on their European record, it'll be interesting to see what Bodo Glint actually do in Europe this year, right? You look at Eintracht Frankfurt, They've, they've had a quarter-final and a semi-final and eventually they, they won the Europa League. Even if you look at Rangers, if you look at their quarter-finals, they, they built up to that point. There's plenty of teams coming into Europe that are just a flash in the pan, have one great season, then completely drop off a cliff. I didn't want that for Celtic, and I'm sure Ange Postacoglu doesn't want that for Celtic, James. Yeah, I, I totally got what Brian was saying there about Bodo Glint. Their success has been built upon five years of putting the bricks on the wall. After the capitulation a few seasons ago with Celtic, this is only our second season of trying to build this squad. And again, like Brian was saying, I think Andrew's going to be totally fearless against these bigger teams. 
I've just got to look at I'm going way back here to when Ange managed Australia at the 2014 World Cup. A game that sticks out to me for that World Cup is when Australia played Holland. It was a 3-2 game where Australia, on the global stage, proper took it to a very big team who eventually got to the semi-finals. So Ange will be looking at Celtic, the Champions League, as a massive opportunity to present his stellar football on a stage where the world's watching. Uh, I definitely, and, and Jai MC comes in here, and this, I was actually going to make this point when I was coming back to Brian there, but he got in, he got in there first. Sometimes you wonder how much money these guys' lasses think Celtic got. We ain't spending 40, 40, 50 million to play in Scotland, get a grip and enjoy what we've got. That's what I was going to say, even though when I say 60 million, that we can't spend £60 million in Scotland because uh, just financially it's not absolutely viable to actually spend £60 million in Scotland and your wage bill would end up astronomical. But we, we, we're looking to do things more cuter, Brian, and we need to do things more cuter than... And you, you mentioned Ajax, and there's other teams there who do things on a consistent basis in Europe from the middle-sized leagues or the poorer leagues, as we call it. And it's something that we haven't done well for over the last decade. It's one of the, the failings, if you like, of the Peter Law era in charge that we didn't seem to actually build ever on a position of strength. And I'm just feeling at the moment we've got a desperation that we want to, we're looking at anything as building on a position of strength where I still think there's an awful lot of variables that we've still got to actually cross and there's an awful lot of hard work and luck is going to be required for us to actually get to a level on a consistent basis that we need. And every club from a middle league needs that going forward, Brian. You're absolutely right. And I think, but then conversely, that's why I'm so excited because I think that that move to a sort of sustainable long-term strategy of like an Ajax type mode, the one that we've kind of tried to replicate and failed, I think we're getting closer to it. I think when you look at investment, any investment we're going to make, as you see, we're going to play cute. I've mentioned before, when you look at the way Celtic signed traditionally, we tried to get players from unknown leagues for a small amount and sell them on, right? That was the plan. They worked to varying degrees. More often than not, we had one player out of ten that went for a big amount. I think Andrew's doing a similar thing, but he's just doing it better than everybody else. Because if you look at the, the amount of money we've played, maybe Jota aside, it is in that mould. Young players, good players, good potential, need usually heard of them, and low amounts. So I, th- I do think that's something that's going to continue. Where I would like to see, and why I'm confident, going back to your, your initial point, is... You can already see Andrew's putting structures in place behind the scenes. There's investment going behind the scenes in terms of the staff are getting in, in terms of the structure, in terms of this pathway. And that's going to take a long time to set. And you can wait for it to happen if it's going to be consistent. The problem in the previous years, I think, is a, a legacy issue, is that it's been different people's... So everyone's had a different idea. So a new manager comes in, they change everything completely. New magic and they change everything. So you can never move forward. I feel like Angie's building something where even if he's not the coach in a few years, that model will stay the same. And investment will go into that. Youth scouting, developing players, bringing them through and supplementing that with smaller transfer budgets and getting them to that stage so that, yeah, we might never win the Champions League, but hopefully we can compete regularly and get that profile up. That's my plan anyway. I don't know if <laughs> I'd like to see him. 
We are hoping that Zange Postacoglu's plan is well, eh? Because, I mean, if you're being brutally honest, there's probably only five or six teams can get to the Champions League final. Well, there's only two teams can get to the final, but there's only five or six teams which start the season with, 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 with a chance of getting to that Champions League final. Kaiser HTTC, anyone who devotes themselves to a teaching as a master after 10,000 hours, our players will be masters of Ange Ball and we will go out and swing digs and take scalps. That's what we're hoping for, James. Eh? That we're actually pinning our hopes on Postacoglu, the, the trajectory of Postacoglu's coaching actually starting. David Ferguson actually points out, have you not been paying attention, Kev? David, if you're a regular viewer, you know that I didn't pay attention. That's why I've, I'll make a, I make an idiot myself nearly every Wednesday on this. Uh, look how far we've come in one season, a full pre-season and one or two more in, and we're flying high. That is that is what we're really hoping for, James. It's interesting, Brian talks about the youth system there, and, and, and we've got, and we've got um, a pre-season game tonight against an Austrian second division side and it looks like the young lads are going to get, some of the young guns are going to get a wee run out, you, you've got the guys who have been pictured there are Boston Wall, Rocco Vata, Ben Summers and Ben Summers and Josh Dead um, I mean we've been shouting, me and Brian are the romantics of the, the Axon team and we want to see the youth team breaking, fr- breaking through, Brian if I asked you to choose out of the ones, the ones that you reckon will make a, a breakthrough, I know you're going to see Boston Wall because you actually says it last season as well. So, James, you kind of get Boston Wall. Who are you looking forward to seeing and who are you looking who, who do you hope gets some game time during this out of the players that are read out? Probably Vata. Oh, sorry, is that for James? Sorry. That's for James. I'll come back to you. Again, you're going to see Boston Wall. <laughs> you, did, you didn't mention him on the wee list. You said there, I don't think, but he is with the squad. Toby, all the way, Yemi. I'm oh, sorry, yes, I, I, I must have been. See, I didn't um, pay attention. <laughs> he's really highly rated at Celtic. I've seen countless reports about how high a regard Celtic called him. And, and learning for Stevie Woods and learning underneath Joe Hart, who's a goalkeeper who's been there and done it, um, that's only going to help him improve. It's hope for the next sort of this season or the season after that he makes a proper breakthrough because he's only around 18, 19 as well. So you'd really hope to see him get some chances in this pre-season. Brian, you want to bum up Boston Ball? And Vata. Vata is one that I think actually, I hadn't really mentioned him much before, but I just think given the the fact we've no signed us at a right forward yet, this is his chance to sort of go in there and say, oh, maybe you don't need to sign anyone. If he has a really good pre-season, I can see him maybe coming on and featuring now again. Um, the reason I say Boston Wall, uh, I've said Dane Murray as well, because I, I've been banging on about Big Dane for a while now, but Boston Wall's physically, he's a, a big, strong boy, very fast, very composed. I think he was the only one, really, that I thought was a standout for the B team last season. Um, all I am, I'd, I'd been sort of championing as well for a while, but my concern with him is when we signed Segrist and he'd now fourth choice goalkeeper, I think his chances would have been limited this season. Um, but Lawl, I think, is if you look at it, if we sign, so say we, we all agree we need a, a first choice Champions League calibre centre back, but we also still need another centre back. So we assume Julian's going to go, which we all think is going to happen sooner rather than later. We've got CCV, this mystery centre back. Starfield, Welsh, and we need a fifth at least for cover. And I think that could be long. I think if the boy shows what he can do, he's not going to get a lot of game time throughout the season, but 
if he's reliable enough, he can win maybe for cup games. I think he's probably the one that I can maybe see maybe having five or ten games over the season, which for a young guy isn't too bad. Um, and I think, again, any progress is good progress, right? So if Vata's in the match day squads and, um, you know, Lowell gets a couple of games, I think that's progress, especially considering that I don't think the academy has been functioning particularly well for quite a long time. The, the one I'm looking forward to seeing is Rocco Vata. Uh, I'm looking to see how I think the whole tour. I mean, uh, fan sixty-seven comes in, Brian, and he agrees. The model that you speak about is spot on. Peter uh, McGee agree, Brian. It's a pathway approach. So if we're looking at a pathway approach, then we're looking at Rocco Vata, how he's got actually going to fit into this Celtic style. Francis McDonald points out this is what this is what I'm maybe getting at. Man United have spent millions and nowhere near this Champions League. It's about the style of playing tactics and belief. I think Man United have lost their identity. Yep. And I think Celtic lost their identity as well when they went from Brendan Rodgers claps on at 28 minutes and to Neil Lennon we lost a bit of identity and we've got that identity back under Ange Postacoglu as I says Ange Postacoglu wasn't the guy that we wanted but it turned out he was the guy that we absolutely needed to give Celtic that identity back and when I was saying about I didn't I didn't think we needed to sell Segrist David Bradley says well we did need a goalkeeper but then James Listen to what Brian says. Where does Toby Iowemi come in then? He now drops the fourth choice goalkeeper. If we want to have a pathway for these guys and in, into in the first team, then Seagrass is just another uh, is just another blocking for Toby Iowemi to actually get games, whether it's cup games, league games, or sit on the bench. But this whole training camp has got to be it's got to be there to focus Celtic getting identity and these young lads have got to be part of the Celtic identity going forward as is already the commenters have already said we'll never spend 50, 60 million because of the league that they're actually playing Yeah, these if there's any chance for these young players to showcase their skills in our first team sense it's now it's in these pre-season friendlies because there's nothing to play for as soon as the season starts we're competing against Rangers and we're playing European games, there's no chance for these young players to get an opportunity. I've just got to look at last season. The only chance the B-team players got was Owen Moffat when we were riddled with injuries and then Ben Doak as a last-ditch effort to get him to stay at the club. And even Karamoko Dembele couldn't get a chance in the squad over James Forrest as a backup. So looking at that, I don't see where Rocco Vata would get a chance because... I think Karamoko Dembele was highly rated, higher rated than Rocco Vata. Again, I hope they get a chance, but if we're being realistic, are they going to get a chance? That's the thing, but they've got to... There is, Brian, there has been changes put into the back at Lennox Town where the B team are now going to be training at the same time as the, as the, the A side, which I can't believe didn't happen in the first place anyway. I mean... The changes in the backroom staff with Stephen McManus moving down to actually coach the, the B team as well and the exact same intensity and style of the, of the first team um, means to say, again, that is something I can't believe didn't happen anyway. That is something that I can't believe that a club that calls himself an elite football club didn't think that the B team training with the first team would be a good idea or training to the same standards that the first team would be a good, would be a good idea. Us as fans, the us as fans need to give these young guys chance, knowing full well that 
they are going to have some games that are off because we are not going to buy ready-made players. Even even the young Argentinian left back, it's coming. I've said there's a question mark over him. Obviously, there's a bloody question mark over him. He hasn't kicked a ball for us, and, and he's travelling about 5,000 miles to a, a country he doesn't know, to a league that he doesn't know, and to a language that he doesn't speak. Obviously, there's a question mark. That's no me, that's no me writing him off. I'm just going, well, there's got to be a question mark over this guy. So I think we've got to actually temper our expectations of what we actually expect for this squad and also um, also the young team that we've got there. So I've got a couple of thoughts on this. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I think the reason the B, the B squad never trained with the first team at Lennox Town, apparently they tried it and it, it wasn't working because the, the youngsters were only up to scratch, so it was slowing down training. And apparently... Paul Scoggle had to basically prioritise the first team because of the rebuild and because of the amount of changes that were going on. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So I think it was simply because they weren't anywhere near ready. And I think it was like last season they were sort of separately training and trying to get them to the point where now they can come in and train. So I think that's the reason. So defend Postacoglu in the in the sort of system in that regard because I think that's that's the tangible reason why. And I can understand it. Um, one of the things to remember though is when people talk about we need to give youth players a chance, other than the ones we've mentioned, there's no enough players there to give a chance to. I don't think there's enough players in that academy squad at the moment that I've seen are good enough for the first team. Mm-hmm. So if they're not good enough, you can't just give them a chance for the sake of it. They have to be good enough. Now, Postacoglu's been there. This will be second year. Well, he can be recruit all the academy players that he wants to fit the way Celtic play. He has to put with it's there. And if it's not good enough... I'm a maybe right then in saying, Brian, that the, the five that are there are the five brightest prospects. Probably. I mean, that, but again, that's shown that he's taken them in pre-season uh, for the pre-season friendly, so they might get integrated. So at the moment, we don't know how much they're going to feature, but if they start to feature, then you can see that they will give youth a chance. In terms of the fans' expectations, I, I, I think if a young player comes on and, you know, comes on for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or starts a game, and maybe doesn't have a, a decent game, I don't think he's going to get slaughtered. I think... You, you know, people sometimes think if you're, you're starting a living and it's your strongest living and you drop one of them out for a youth player, it's not going to crumble the whole team because one player's having a bad game. The professionals and the more experienced players can sort of coach the youngster on through the game. It's when you, sit, if you put five youth kids in 
of the one game into that start eleven, then you might have problems. So it's about balance and it's about patience and it's about timing. I just think that you won't see the benefits of post Coglu's version of the academy for a couple of years yet, um, without unless it's like we say, maybe two or three exceptions over the next season or so. And that's not been negative about the academy so far. It's just that you can't give players a chance if they're not there to give. Right? And I think that post is clearly, he stayed one of the first press conferences and said that his priority was to get players through from the academy. That's what he wanted. And he's making steps now to try and fix that with the backroom staff, the changes in structure, the fact they're training and playing the same way his first team are. But again, it's going to take time. Um, and I just hope that you know, God forbid Postacoglu leaves, if he leaves in a few years, we need to keep that mode and keep that going because if we start it from scratch again, we'll have this conversation in 10 years. I, I think there's one thing I want to pick up there, Brian. You say that the players know there. I think the problem that we actually do have, there's no development between 16 and 20. And if that development comes into players between 16 and 20, then some of the talent which is already there will then you'll see more, you'll see more promise coming through. I reckon there's a lack of development. And I think that was shown in the B team last year, that there doesn't seem that there's there's too big a gap for the B team to to the top team. Uh, Eric Barn was going on about uh, Dane Murray over Wall uh, all day. Uh, Yeah, see, I love him. I think he's a strong player. Just, it it seems like they're a bit keener on Wall, but I agree. I I think Dane Murray's still injured, eh? I think think he's still injured. Uh, Francisco, uh, Papa Francisco, Vat and Wall, the two I hope can progress this season as well. Uh, Alex Burrell comes for a target audience. We mentioned Chaz and Dave and say, ain't no plays in you. There's nothing wrong with a bit of Chaz and Dave, Alex. And Michael Ross, this is for for James. Use the League Club, the League Cup, to blood some youngsters. James Bryan says there that you can't put five or six youngsters into a team all at once. I've been shouting for that to happen in the League Cup for ages. I've been shouting for that the League Cup to actually be used to give youngsters the chance. Can you do that? Because if you look at the amount of weight that was held behind the treble Celtic one, every season Celtic Cardo were looking forward to the double treble, the treble treble, and the celebrations you had after those. Would you risk those? Do you, do you want to risk those with the importance they hold to Celtic? And again, just on the point of the lack of youngsters coming through, it's because they're all pinched at 16 years of age by the bigger clubs. Just Liam Morrison and Barry Hepburn went to Bayern Munich. Um, Vincent Angelini and Leo Hielda went down south. There's The players, they're seeing that the opportunities aren't there, so they're leaving. So it's the only promise that Postacoglu really made at the start of the season that hasn't been fulfilled. But like Brian said, it's going to take time because... It's a massive restructuring that's needed at Celtic because teams like Ajax and PSV, the reason they are able to have so much money is because they build up their academies and sell the brightest prospects for 70, 80 million in a few years' time. That's, Celtic might not be able to sell them for that much money, but you've got to be building your players up. Well, what, what do you think of that? What do you think of that, Brian? When we're talking about development, we're talking about pathways. Then, then right away, James, one of the younger generations, so younger that actually did change his nappy. I mean, that's like. So he's gone. I didn't want to give up the league cup, and there was some someday in the comments saying uh, they didn't want to give up the league cup either. And I'll, I'll find it once it co- comes back. Uh, I Urban Kulsha. Uh, the League Cup is ours, do not hand it to the enemy. And Peter, Peter MG comes in and says, we need to stop fixating on trebles and concentrate on the league in Europe. 
I'm in Peter's boat here. The trebles were absolutely fantastic. They were absolutely brilliant. But I want us to get to a European final and win it. And I I don't think we've got that development there yet. No, this is my point. I think that, you know, post Coglu, when we talk about the Youth Academy, we talk about youth development, we're kind of talking about it historically. Because post was only been there for a season, so it's impossible to gauge his impact on it. I think that will come in years to come. I do agree we should be prioritising Europe. I think me and you have been seeing that for a while, Kev. I think that's how we get better as a club, because domestically it will take care of itself. The thing about the, the Youth Cup, the sacrificing Youth Cup, what, just because you play youth play, you play your main team and still lose a game. Mm-hmm. Aye. I don't... So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of in the middle. We, Kev, I think that putting five or six youth players into a team and expecting them to overly perform, I think it's difficult in any competition. What I would rather do is, is have maybe one or two start on occasion throughout, whether it's the league, whether it's the cup, whether it's the Scottish Cup, whatever, and sort of build up. I think, you know, given you know, a prize prospect, you know, if we, if we had, if we had final up at half time, there's no reason why you shouldn't be putting a youth player on, given the second half of the game, right? I think we need to be a, a bit more sensible about it because if, you, if you're going to Ross County away in the League Cup, quarter final, and you field six youth players and we get scalped, then that's the players written off. And that's unfair. So I think maybe one or two players dotted in, given chances, not just in the cup games, but throughout the season. I think I think it's acceptable. I think it's it's probably the path will go. I don't think you know because the other thing as well is when you look at the mentality Angie's trying to create, it's win everything all the time, always win and always win well. And I think that if you start to say, well, the youth cup, the league cup's not that important. That forces a mentality that you, you don't have to win every game. And I think that's sort of um, counterproductive to, to his philosophy. So I do agree that, you know, these players need to be given a chance and opportunity. I think suggesting five in one time, especially this current crop, isn't going to happen. But it's nothing only one or two appearing. But I just don't think it should be limited to the League Cup. Um, but again, I do agree with you. I think a priority long term should always be progressing in Europe. Because domestically then everything takes care of itself. And if you do have a youth player comes in and starts to play all right and he plays well in Europe, then his value goes up and then the model becomes self-deficient. Mm-hmm. It does that, Brian. You actually speak a lot of sense. I wish I had something to argue with you about that, haven't I? I'll need to thank you. So Lanky Six is Kevin, you want to play five youth players but also want to win a European Cup. That wouldn't happen. We need world-class players to compete with the big guns. James, I came where Lanky's coming for there. What I'm coming for is we need to actually develop these players that can compete at that level. And at the moment, the only way that they can develop is in the first team and we haven't got a pathway in that first team for them to develop because... We want to win trebles. We've normalised winning trebles. I mean, that, 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 that is a problem that we've actually got. And it's an absolutely bloody brilliant problem we actually have that we've, not, that, that, that we've normalised. James's ear pods have actually just cut out, so he will be back just now. Uh, Brian, we've normalised winning trebles, and that's a bloody brilliant thing to actually do, but we have to maybe get out of that mindset and go, by the way, we're going to need to actually play young laddies at some point, and the only place we can seriously, seriously do it is in cup ties. 
I, I can I think that it's a, there's a few times last season where I can we blown teams away very early, and I think that presents an opportunity where you can give somebody 45 minutes to an hour in a league game and an important league game, so they're getting that pressure. The thing about it is as well, there's so I might seem as if I'm contradicting myself, but I, I'm no. See, even it's there's this preciousness about youth players. It's like we're scared to throw the minute times, and but at the same time, if they're wearing the jersey, they've got to be prepared for that pressure. They've got to be prepared to keep pace. They've got to be prepared to play and win. So I, I, I think throwing them into you know league games is, is fine. I don't think it needs to be a cup. I think actually it can be more damaging than a cup because if you look at the comment, if the only difference between your league form and your cup form is youth players, you're going to blame the youth players. I think playing them in league games is fine. Uh, if you start one, it means because you can always have one or two passengers in a successful side anyway. So even if these players are only playing that well, you can replace them at half time, you can place them or you can let them ride it out. We could still win, we've still got enough quality. Or as I suggested earlier, we can be a lot quite quickly as we have been uh, last season a lot and then stick somebody on. I don't see any problem with doing that. Um, I just think that they have a, a real successful pathway as you spoke about. It's going to take a bit of time and we need to give sort of a live post to call glue that time over the next couple of years. Um, but again, like my comments on Europe, we just need to see some progress. If we see one or two youth players playing 10 games this season, that's more progress than last season more progress in the season before so you start to see that that uh, gradient going up and I think that would be really important to see progression is key and in terms of your, your point about the with normalised trebles it's it's yeah it's true and, it's, and I think it affects expectation versus aspiration because my aspiration is that we, we go into Europe and we start performing in Europe and we get there but the expectation is we need to concentrate on another treble and I don't think those marry up Aye, they didn't marry up. There's, there's, there's got to be a trade-off at one point. Maybe the trade-off is the wrong word. You, you've got to. I don't think it's. Le- I don't think it's like disparaging a competition to say right. We're going to use that to develop young guys. It just gives it a different sort of weight, and it gives those young guys a different weight. Going by the way, we want to win this competition, but we want to win it plain use. It's how you play. Can you frame it, Kev? Because aye, aye. Uh, sometimes see, see, I agree. This is right. League Cup. We're going to dedicate. It's going to be how we blood youth players, right? How you frame that is: this is your chance. We've got so much faith in you, even at your aye. age. You think you can win a trophy? Go out there with all that pressure, with that jersey on your back, and win that trophy for us, and prove you can do it. So it depends how you frame it, or do you frame it and say, "Well, that competition is no important. Play the young boys." I think that's wrong. But it's the, it's the same situation, right? So it depends how they frame it and what that mentality is. Um, he, he, and again, as we keep going back to it, so far, Postacoglu, certainly in terms of his mentality and the culture at the club, has kind of got it spot on. So I've got faith that over the next few years we'll, we'll get to where we need to be. Um, I just I always caveat it, we will get a few black eyes along the way and it's not going to happen overnight. No, it's not going to happen. Underwater's cab is salesman. Um, Ajax aim to give players 150 games before the age 22. Maybe that's something that we've got. I'm, I'm sure Celtic should have something like that as well, if that's the model. I mean, even going back to Tommy Burns' days, he, he went to look at the Ajax Academy and stuff like that. And it's the only way that we're ever going to compete consistently in Europe is to get the youth system producing guys of, developing guys of an elite level that we can keep for at least two or three seasons. And that's, and I think that's the, the gap between 16 and 
20 is something that we've got to address. And it sounds like Poster Coglu wants to address that. And he is going to address that. Simon Fedeni is sticking up from the depth for the Derry boy, uh, Owen Moffat, uh, who... So Owen Moffat is not not away with, with, with the team at, the, at this precise moment in time. I think James is about to come back in. Ah, he's back in. There he is. Um, so technology. I know. I know. I, I, at least you let me know that you were going to drop out there, and you just didn't mm. disappear. You just didn't disappear. I got the wee beep beep beep. I was like, <laughs> oh no, perfect timing. Um, oh well, you're back. You're back now. Uh, mm. What we'll do? We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the night. Uh, I'll just have a wee look. Andrew Galela says the reason Poster Coggle will be the man that we need if we just keep on winning. Kevin Mullen, I'm guys, I'm 39, and this is up there with the most excited I've ever been for a Celtic season. Ridiculouser tells me to cheer up. That's that's brilliant. I love that. I love that as well. Eh? That's like uh, the urban cool shit uh, is says next season we'll win a treble and be third in the Champions League group with with, with luck. He also, let, let's have a look at the game. Where is that other comment that was going to bring up? I've lost it. I've, I've lost it. Oh, John Bozas there, it's there. League is the number one priority. I want the Scottish Cup as well, something because it's usually the last big game of the season and a great game to be uh, great game to be in, 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 involved in. I run in Europe to silence the other mob as well. I mean, we still haven't heard... heard the heard the end of the toilet duck adventures, eh? So we need to actually put an end. We need to actually put an end to that tonight. So game kicks off at half past five. Durban Kulshi comes in. Start with our strongest team. A one here sets up lovely for the return leg. Aye, the return leg. That's what we're used to in pre-season, ain't it? What do you want to get for this pre-season, James? What do you actually want to see for these pre-season games? I want to see a team identity being forged and the fact that we've made progress for last season and all these hours on the pitch means that Ange Postacoglu's philosophy is going to serve us well. And I also want to see some hope for the future. I want to see guys like Vat and Wall getting involved in the first team and showing that they can actually make the step up. What are you hoping to see tonight, starting tonight at half past five in Austria? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Usually with these friendlies, you'll get a team for the first half and you'll get a team for the second half. There's usually a boatload of changes at halftime. So I'm hoping that we'll get to see a lot of players given a chance. It gives us a good look at sort of where we're at. It especially gave us a good look last season where we didn't really know how this team is going to adapt to Postacoglu still. How far ahead were we heading into the qualifiers? It sort of tells us where we're at heading into the new season. And it also gives a chance for some the first team sort of outcasts you could say I wouldn't say outcast but because I hadn't really had as many opportunities like Ayeti and Soro Julian those sort of guys you'd expect to see them getting a run out as well along with some of the young players from the B team your Oleyemis your Lowals your Rocco Vatters Brian what do you want to see starting tonight? Um, so I would like to see 
start the game the way we finished last season, you know, that would show that the, although fitness might be an issue, the mentality's there. Do we play that style of uh, that style of football it's good to watch it's not, I don't want to see the normal pre-season flair where we're trying to figure it out and uh, you know this players might be there might not be there I disagree with James I would have guys like Yeti Julian Sorrow Holland Golly anywhere near pre-season games because they're not going to feature next year so I would there's more reason if there is if there is like plans for them then they should if there's plans for them then yeah but if not I, I, it's a waste of time for me I would have you know not to say your strongest. You, it, I would like him to pick these two sort of strongest 11s and they'd be the ones that you know get the most experience and get these games in pre-season. I don't think he's going to need to experiment too much. I think it's probably got a good idea who plays where. Um, but I suspect what you will see is that the younger guys that have came aboard sort of dotted throughout the two. If we assume it's going to be two different teams throughout the game, the, the first and second team, I think that would probably be a, a common sense approach. But... I want to see them still be fairly fit, still play that same style, still play strongly. And, um, it'd, be, it'd be good to sort of... I mean, we kind of... What's really interesting about this pre-season and this window is we kind of know what strongest 11 is already. It's been a few years since we really knew that because there's always a lot of changes. We kind of know, maybe with, you know, at the moment, who our strongest 11 is. So it'd be quite interesting to see if it, it sort of sticks roughly to that or, or flips it about. Do we know our strongest 11? Do we though? Because um, we've got Durban Cool says, sorry mate, I've been picking on you today. I want McCarthy on, the, on for 90 minutes as well. We've got James McCarthy there who seemingly came back looking leaner and meaner. We've okay. got Ida Gucci who we never really saw a lot to, a lot of towards the tail end of last season, James. And I've already been on another podcast where I've nailed my colours to his mask and say his mask and says he'll be a really important player for us next season. And I'm not basing that on the evidence whatsoever. I'm just basing that on like calling ass men I just came out with. It. And I can't back down now. It's a bit like when I say it's a bit like when I say Greg Taylor was a future captain of Celtic. I can't back down for that either. And I've got to defend Greg Taylor to the halt. Um, so I reckon I I don't know. I mean, I didn't care your strongest eleven. I mean, I we saw the players that came on last season. We saw the players that came on and done well for us last season. That's not to say that they're going to do well for us this season. I think there's a number of questions. I wonder if Abada can actually. Go on, Hatati. Is he going to actually continue his upward trajectory after after what he says he was knackered at the end of the season? We've got Ida Gucci. What's James McCarthy going to, going to give us? Will Ayeti and Julian actually give us any give us food for thought whatsoever? These are all the questions that are going to get answered over the next six or seven games, James. So, I mean, do we will Poster will will be the end of these six seven games? Will we will we see what Poster Coglu sees as he's starting eleven? I think to see the proper Celtic strongest starting eleven, you'll be looking at the first game of the season. I think these games are going to be all about rotation, giving as many players a chance as he possibly can, and bedding these players in the team to see sort of where they stand. And then the first game of the season, you'll get a full glimpse of where Celtic are and how we're looking into the new season. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite difficult, Brian, because this is a strange pre-season because we haven't got the European qualifiers. So there doesn't seem to be as like the, the urgency 
that, that usually would be for us to actually get guys in and we end up with Dane Murray and Neil Beaton playing centre-halves and Champions League qualifiers. So will this just be Postacoglu moulding his 16, 17 players for the future? Yeah, I, th- I think it would be very much. I don't think he's going to waste any opportunity. You know, as you said there, this is going to be amazing for Postacoglu to have this much time in the squad because he never had it last season and look what we achieved. So I think you, you start to see, you know, players he thinks are going to play a part. I think if you, I don't think he wastes too much time giving players a chance that he doesn't see staying there, whether that be youth players or um, sort of established first-teamers or, or existing first-teamers. So I think that these, you know, X amount of weeks pre-season will all be about fitness, strength, tactical awareness, positioning, and, um, and, and sort of going for there. And I think that that's kind of exciting in itself because I think you start to see what he's thinking as, as they go on. Um, is Brian just frozen there or is he only frozen for me? Nah, he's frozen for me as well. Is he's frozen for you as well? Or is he back now? Back. I'm back now. You're, you're, you're back now. Um, you're probably right there, Brian. Jamie Young, I'll come to, I'll come to James with us. Tumble. Does he fit in your? Does he start in your strongest eleven, uh, James? Um, it's a tricky one because we've got so many options in the midfield. But I, I think Andy's a big admirer of David Turnbull. He started majority of the games before his injury, and his goals and assist record for Celtic he always puts up good numbers for us. So I would like to see David Turnbull starting, but he, it's there's a lot of options there because you want Hatati starting as well. You want to see Matt O'Reilly getting game time. It's really complicated for Mr. Postacoglu, but you'll be hoping he'll have the answers for next season. Brian, I'm going to say Ange Postacoglu hasn't got a first 11. He won't have a first choice 11, he'll have a first choice 17, and he'll expect all of those 17, 18 players to actually contribute, and we'll have to get used to players rotating. I think yeah. that's I think that's the way it's going to be, and we won't, there'll be a Whoever the, the opposition is, it is going to change. I see Ange Postacoglu. I remember uh, Brendan Rogers actually saying as the final 11 on the park are just as important as the, as the 11 that actually start. And now it's an absolute team game and the physicality and the athleticism that you need to play an Ange Postacoglu game. I think we're actually... I, I don't think if you asked Ange Postacoglu, you'll probably say, I don't have a first 11, I've got a first 17, 18. Well, that's what you want, isn't it? That's that's the way it sort of, it sort of should be. Um, I think that in terms of the, the, the Turnbull question, I think I, I'm a big fan of Turnbulls. I, I think he's probably, him and Matt O'Reilly be vying for that position, I think. I don't think you see them too much together. I maybe be wrong. And I think it'd be Hitati McGregor for the sort of number eight. And then hopefully a new sort of, um, defensive midfield and then probably Idiguchi backing him up with McCarthy's cover for kind of everywhere um, but again I suppose the exciting thing is you don't really know right and I like the fact that the only I mean <clears throat> we talk about rotation Kev I think the only positions that Anne says he doesn't like to rotate is his centre back partnerships and his goalkeeper I think he likes to keep that quite consistent otherwise I think he likes to Rotate either depending on games or keep the players fresh or keep opponents on their toes as well so they can get used to things. So I think you're probably spot on there actually, 
So there you go, there's something to agree on. That's good. <laughs> Three minutes to go, we agree, Kev. I agree with you. I'm just about to disagree with you, Brian. I think. Right, McGregor, look at this. This, this is brilliant. I, think, I just disagree. I think, I think McGregor's going to be playing at the six because he, him receiving the ball for the centre backs and progressing the play is really one play of the year last season for playing that exact role, I think. And trust McGregor to play that six role. Uh, if we sign a new defence in the field, I think it'll be as a backup to Carl McGregor as an option there. I think it would be Hatati and O'Reilly slash Turnbull and then Carl McGregor in front of the defence. There you go. See, this, this, this is where we're going. I, I think Ange will see, like, for me, I think I would like to see a, a, a first team of 17, 18, then the rest of the squad made up of youth team players. I think that's the way that we've got to look at. And if any of that first 16, you've got you've got another eight or nine youth team players that can actually step, in, step, step, step into that. Um, Uncle Nobby Steamboat. Giving up the League Cup to play young players does not guarantee European success. It doesn't, it doesn't, Uncle. It doesn't, but it gives them a progression in, in high level football that doesn't seem to be there just now, which in turn could actually lead to European success. Um, let's have a wee look. There's well, let's have a wee look here. Urban Kulsha again. I want a discussion on Axel hairstyles. Uh, Uncle Nobby Steamboat said, I want to see James getting his fringe cut. <laughs> um, Daniel Max says, James has got enough fringe to lend me some. And, and Frank Kennedy says, are you copying Paul John's hairdo, mate? I, I love the fact that the, 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 the chats just went completely mental again today. Always seems to happen when I'm on right enough, eh? uh, which is fine. Right, I've got a couple of quick fire ones. Um, for us, just I've lost my I've lost my thing way there. Uh, where is it? I can't believe this. See that I, I, I'm 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 not I'm not up to speed, lads. I'm not up to speed. The new kit where I find this comment. Mixed reviews. I absolutely love the new home kit. It gives me big Jackie Jackanowski vibes for the 89-90 season. I love it. Thoughts, James first. Well, the home kit, the away kit. The home kit. The home kit. I'm the home kit. Aye. It might be a bit controversial, but I'm not a big fan of the home kit. I think I don't think the Adidas has got the home kit right. A single season they've been at Celtic. I think the silver stripes they just look a bit cheap. I would have preferred some green stripes or some gold stripes, but for the away kit, I'm a massive fan of the away kit. I think that's the best kit Adidas has gave us since they came in. It's got a real retro feel. I like the. The shield, they might have overdone the shield a bit when it comes to all the training gear because the shield's on every single piece of it. But the, the only sort of knock I could give it is I wish the stripes would continue to the back on the away kit, but, but if you actually, you're really getting critical there. But if you actually notice, I saw the third kit for last season, the white one with the pinstripes, and the pinstripes didn't go down the back either. I noticed that when I was in an airport a couple of weeks ago, and I think that kit's actually improved. I hated that last season, but when I see it now... Oh, that's, that's the only kit I bought last season. That's, that, actually, that actually looks all right. Brian, I love the home kit. Uh, it's an Adidas hang the silver, the silver... The, the, the silver free stripes. It seems to be part, part of their, their, their kits for this season going forward. I love it. As I say, it gives me big 1990s vibes. I, I actually like the different colours in the, uh, in the hoops. What do you think? 
Yeah, I really like it as well, actually. Against the silver puts me off. I don't really like that, but um, I saw Jota and Matt Riley wearing it, and that's it. I sold it. Hello. If I buy it. I saw Greg Taylor wearing it, and that's helped me. That's what you. The only problem is if I buy it, I'm not going to like, like those two, so that might be disappointing. But no, I like the V-neck. Um, my favourite ever kit is the 96. Uh, C.R. Smith, you know, with the embossed, uh, no embossed, the, the pattern through the hoops. Um, I think it's 96 or 97. That's my favourite ever kit, so this one kind of reminds me of it. So, uh, so yeah, I really like it. I like the dark green as well. Don't actually like the away kit. I think I'm the only person in the world that doesn't, but I, I'm not a fan of the stripes. Uh, I, I do like it. I, I like the, as I say, it looks like a darts jersey because there's no... That, that there's no that there's no stripes on the back, but understand why there's no stripes on the back is so you can get a number put on it and get James McCarthy put on the back of your top or something. Like that. Yeah, but I actually look like a dart player wearing it. <laughs> what would your darts player's name be? Oh, um, oh, geez, you put me in the spot there. I don't know. Right, we'll come back to that next Wednesday. James, do you care what your darts player's name would be? I don't think of something like no Dirty <laughs> I, I, I need to remember him on the show. Judging by my judging by my darts playing career for the for the new market, I would be Madhouse Kevin Madhouse Graham because I always ended up in double one. Uh, we'll end with a question, Uncle Nobby Steamboat. Random question: Are Celtic a bigger club than Ajax, James? Why you put me first here? Ah, because you're you're the youngest. You, you can I fight lo- quicker than me and Brian. I love Celtic, but. If I say no, am I going to get crucified? <laughs> I would say no. Brian? Oh, Celtic are considerably bigger than Ajax, in my opinion. On that note, I definitely agree. Lads, it's been brilliant. My, f- my first Wednesday back and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks to everybody that's watched, everybody that's joined in, in the comments. Uh, I think there is going to be an axe on tonight. I think we're just trying to get some contributors to to come on and speak about the game afterwards. But if you keep keep uh, if you keep having a look at our socials, we'll tell you there. Thanks, everybody. And the Celtic are, Celtic are back tonight. Hail, hail. Phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports 
Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.